Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Sputters. Sputters. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President. Sam. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Dirty Hours Doctor Who podcast. This week we will be reviewing The Mysterious Planet. Oh, yes. Let me take you back to a time before time, if you will, 1986. Colin Baker, Nicola O'Brien. A time of Inquisition, a time of the Valiard, a time of huge, great, epic, sweeping shit. Are you feeling all right? I'm feeling fine. <laughs> Directed by Nicholas, somebody or other, can't remember, didn't do fucking anything else, no idea. Written by Robert Holmes, Eric Seward, obviously. Produced by... Channel <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Season 23, four episodes, 25 minutes each episode, 1986, when fashion was at its poorest. Question is, what do we think? Oh, no, it's had lower points. <laughs> it has had lower yeah, points. Don't forget, Doctor Who hadn't been on the air for ages prior to this, and we'd had that Doctor in Distress single and all that sort of shit because mm. Doctor Who had been off the air because a certain motherfucker decided that Doctor Who wasn't a derogator anymore but no it came back kicking and screaming with Trial of the Time Lord arguably one of the best story arc seasons if not the best story arc season Doctor Who has ever had Terry could you explain the rating system please (laughs) well we raised the stories based on hookers or sorry prostitutes I think that's simplifying uh, it somewhat I don't know. <laughs> the lowest is what a free blowjob or something yeah. like that, and then the highest something is fifty. Like is fifty dollars for? It's actually based so on the value are, of a seventies hooker, isn't it? Is it go ten, twenty, fifty? Five, uh, ten, twenty, fifty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, prof. If you could just edit around that and and make Terry sound no. Oh, I think you should leave it exactly the way it is. <laughs> It was perfect. As so when we review the gunfighters, which is going to happen at some point, are we going to add free hand job below free DJ? Perhaps we could have a whole tranny surprise category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. What's she got going on down there? That's what that one's rated. 
<laughs> so let's get our ratings out the way. Who would like to go first? I would give this a 20, actually, seeing as I'd never seen any of Colin Baker's stuff before, other than the stuff we watched for the last podcast, and not really knowing a great deal about the whole Trial of a Time Lord arc. Are you keen to watch the rest? Yeah, I would be interested to see the rest. 20 is just a flat 20? Or would flat you... 20. Sen? 20. I'll buy her a new set of garters since I ripped the shit out of this set. Okay. <laughs> Terrence? I guess I'm going to be the villain, and I don't even remember it properly enough to be able to justify my feelings. But... No, of course. It must have been days ago. <laughs> $10. Okay, well, I've always said that I rate my episodes based on the other episodes of that Doctor because it's the only way to be fair. Otherwise, I would just rate every Pertwee of 50 and, you know, most tenants of five. I always try and relate it compared to the rest of the season of that Doctor. And as such, I'm going to give this a 50. Flat 50. Well, I couldn't possibly do what you're talking about because I haven't seen all of the Sixth Doctor, so and that'll be a long time before I have. I have the episodes. It's just getting motivated to do it. And, man, I made myself watch this twice because we kept putting it off. How was that a bad thing? Actually, it got better the second time. Do you want me to convince you why this is a good episode? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's got quite a good stable of British actors to start off with, though I don't think all of them get their time in the sun. Joan Sims' classic of the Carry On series is cringeworthy in this. Which part does she play? Queen Kat- oh, Katarina, Katarana, Katarina, whatever. Oh, yeah. She basically That's plays Boudicca. The premise for this as well, I mean, it's so much wider than this single episode. We never find out why there's bits of a cheap station here, not till the end of the series. Uh, There's even some questions then. They don't answer all of it. You get a bit of it in Ultimate Foe, and that's about it. It was the first time anything on this scale had been done, and Doctor Who hadn't been on for ages. I think a lot of people, certainly anybody that I had anything to do with who said they liked Doctor Who, didn't bother coming back to Doctor Who after this. Pretty much it was only those of us who were utterly geeky for Doctor Who who bothered coming back. They were trying to kill off our series. And we all knew it because it was kind of like in the newspapers and someone was running articles on it. Bring back Doctor Who. They actually had a charity record, like Band-Aid, bring back Doctor Who. It was fucking dreadful. My parents bought it me oh for my, my birthday because it came out on my birthday. Oh it didn't need chart in this country. It's terrible. It's on our Facebook page at the moment. So this was like quite a big deal that it came back. And then to have this four-parter that didn't really answer anything, the relationships changed between the Doctor and Perry. It's like they'd matured. You got the perception, I remember as a kid, that they'd been away and done stuff. If anyone was going to cram a loads of episodes of an audio series 20 years down the line into this sort of arrangement, this was the point that they were going to do it. You know? but also, I don't know what company you could possibly be talking about. Yes. Yes. we do. <laughs> I remember coming back and I think for the first time kind of noticing Perry. She was like a proper assistant now. Or just noticed her face for the first time. time. Hey, you noticed her face. You know my preference for the older woman. 
And, and weirdly, when you meet her in real life, she looks just like she does in this episode. She's pretty much the same. I don't know if she's had mm. a bit of work done or, or, or she just moisturises. I don't know. But she looks pretty much exactly <laughs> the same. She doesn't look like the kid anymore. And I liked that. I sort of perked up and paid attention. She was a bit more Sarah Janey. She was a bit more mature. And their relationship had changed. They'd obviously spent a lot of time in the TARDIS. And I often wonder if his character had gone through the change that he wanted to go through, where he'd mellowed out and matured and and realised that there were circumstances and things. And some of that is crammed into this arc, that he realises that what he does has repercussions. But on the whole, this sort of four-parter, big robots, annoying blonde twin-type people, Savalon Glitz. I've got a massive soft spot for Savalon Glitz. The yeah. day they release a Savalon Glitz action figure, I can die a happy man. There's a few characters I'd like to see back from the old series, but of all the characters from the old series, I wouldn't mind getting a Savalon Glitz cameo. Because he just was, you know, old dipper. Oh, brilliant. He really yeah. was. He was great. You know, a little bit sleazy, a little bit working for himself, bit of a turncoat, but basically, on the whole, not a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a classic charming rogue, though, isn't he? You know you shouldn't like him because he's amoral and awful, but you just can't help yourself. <laughs> yes. I mean, do we equate him to Han Solo? Nah. Kind of. That's both. He's a bit darker. Yeah. He is, yeah. But also, classic British character actor who was in the mm. boon and appearing on TV and suddenly in your front room and being a bit sleazy. This utterly captivated me. It utterly wrapped me in Doctor Who again. You know, it hadn't been on for ages, admittedly. But this was the point where I made the decision. Was Doctor Who going to be the sad motherfucking thing that I did for the rest of my life? Or was I going to leave it alone and grow up? No. No. <laughs> sad <laughs> for the rest of my life. And this was the turning point where I realized, nah, fuck it, I'm stuck with this. I'll, I'll never know the pleasures of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Then you realise that women can be geeks too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Can I just say how proud I am of my wife? We watched three episodes of The Demons because I got it on DVD. Oh, my God, it's fabulous on DVD because of my VHS. It was just like blurry blobs of pink flesh in the distance. The quality of it is just fantastic. I was out and she couldn't wait to watch episode four. She watched it without me. Yeah. (laughs) Brainwashing his work. Come on, it's like top line Pertwee. Oh, so oh I do like the demons. Okay, so I'm going to basically just say that I love it. I remember lots of good things of it. For me, it was a turning point. Period matured. It's got Savalon glitz in it. I wish we'd seen things like black light technology further on down the line. I wish we'd have seen it in other places. There were lots of clues in this. It's a great episode as part of a whole, and there's a lot of nostalgia in it for me, this one. There's a little bit of hearkening back to Pertwee's as well. He does a little bit of a Pertwee impression at one point, which I, I always kind of liked. There's a lot of Time Lords in it, obviously, and you've only got to say the word Gallifrey, as you know. No, stop, really don't. <laughs> and lots of other little bits and pieces too. you got like a bag of jelly babies. Because it was coming back and Doctor Who was coming back, you got lots of nods in this one, and I love that. I mean, I like Colin Baker a lot. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. He's always so gentlemanly and polite and friendly whenever we've met him. But all I really remember about his Doctor is all the controversy at the time, because I'd given up watching Doctor Who by this point in time. I'd stopped watching Partway Through Davison because I'd sort of moved on to other things. You know, after he flashed his nips in Black Orchid, what else was there left for him to do? I came back briefly to watch Caves of Androzani and instantly hated Perry the moment I set eyes on her because she was just so annoying and I wanted to hit her and so really wasn't interested in seeing any of the rest of it. I approached this one with caution 
but thoroughly enjoyed it. I am pleased to say that it was a damn sight better than the last Robert Holmes one that we watched after the weirdness going on yeah, with the two doctors. Don't worry about that. That's occasional aberrations on the whole. Holmes is pretty good. I was just slightly wary. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. Linda Bellingham was good, actually, because let's face it, Linda Bellingham in this country is mostly known as playing Mrs. James Herriot or the mum mm. out of the stock cube advert. And that was one hell of a spangly costume to carry off. Michael it's a great colour though, isn't it? Oh, you, know, isn't you know the stuff that Terry's done in SR keeps saying, go on, do that colour, do that colour, do that colour, make the chick outfit, go on, do the colour. Michael Jason as the Valyard is just wonderful. He chews up scenes, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. does. And, and literally spits them. They had to wipe it off the camera, I think. He's great. <laughs> just the malice in there. Oh, it's wonderful. Even the courtroom <laughs> things, just the three of them needling at each other and having a go. They're brilliant. Mm, Nackers Yard, Binyard, etc, etc. This petulant <laughs> child of having a, a go at authority, but then every now and again realising that this is slightly more serious and he really needs to pick up his game and start defending himself properly. Yeah, there's some annoying bits. The twins just need a good slapping. It doesn't necessarily no. make a huge amount of sense. Joan Sim is terribly wasted, but you're right. Oh, you have sad long glitz. How can you not love it? And Dibba. And Dibba, bless him. Dibba. Thickest T-shirt planks. Thickest T-shirt planks with a really big gun. <laughs> he's not there for his intelligence. He's there for the weaponry. Yeah. There's a huge change in Perry from the first time that she appears. You can see that there's this friendship between them and that they're now sparking off each other. Yeah. And I just thought it was fun. And it was interesting and it didn't outstay its welcome at four episodes. That's nicely put. I'll go next. I really liked it, and there's not that many reasons why I didn't give it a 50. I kind of think there was some occasional inconsistency with the acting, specifically in the Doctor's character. I know they wanted to create a marked difference between the courtroom scenes and the evidence scenes, but the childish stuff seemed a little bit over the top. But I did really like all of the stuff on Ravelox. And pardon me for going off on a bit of a tangent here. This episode embodies everything I didn't like about the 2009 Star Trek movie. And it goes on my thing about canon, where I've always said that a truly good writer who embraces the universe that they're writing in is not hampered by canon. They should see opportunities to enhance and bring alive the story that they're writing. During the Davison era, episodes like Arc of Infinity and the Five Doctors, I think they took some of the mystery away from the Time Lord. I almost think that during the Baker and Davison years, they spent too much time on Gallifrey, and we learned a little bit too much about the Doctor and the Time Lords. Granted, they were really cool, but... As he said that, I immediately wanted to argue with him and say, no, 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 you can't have too much Gallifrey, but I think you're absolutely right. You need that mystery. You need that separation between the Doctor Mm -hmm. and the Time Lords. Yeah, because basically the Time Lords turned out to be boring old farts. Right. They portrayed them too much like that, like boring old farts, when, you know, they have an incredible technology, so there really is a lot of mystery to them. If the writers would only show that. But I think they did. I think in the beginning of Trial of a Time Lord in The Mysterious Planet, they did a fantastic job. Yes, they were still portrayed as a bunch of stuffy old farts, but wow, were they badass in that episode. I mean, they just took the doctor and they plucked him and his TARDIS right out of time, which implies this is something they mm-hmm. could do all along. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. of course, adds the mystery back in with him being a time agent and helps explain some of the two doctors and blah, 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 blah. And then they just decided to move a solar system and did it with such subtlety that nobody fucking noticed. Yeah. That is badass. 
they took all of the canon of all of the decades before, and they never felt a need to throw it out the window. They just said, yeah, we're going to embrace all of that, and we're going to just bring the mystery back. And they just did it. I mean, they brought mystery back to the Doctor's character very subtly. They brought mystery back to the Time Lords and Gallifrey, and all of a sudden they were all powerful again, and it was totally believable. And just then, I know it wasn't in the Mysterious Planet. I know it was, was towards the end in The Ultimate Foe. But they sort of explained that downtime of the Time Lords being kind of pussy mm-hmm. by having that revolution at the end of Trial. It just wrapped everything up in a neat little bow. If you weren't a diehard Doctor Who fan, I think you could easily overlook all of those things. And for someone like me, it really did a great job of tying everything back together and kind of reinventing Doctor Who, which I suppose when it's been off the air for over a year, that's exactly what you need to do. And it, it had a different flavor to it. Yeah, there were some details wrong in the episode, some inconsistencies with the writing and the acting. It's almost like everyone sat around for a year and was a little bit off their game but the spirit was still there which is why I didn't give it a 50. I've got to argue for Colin though and for Nicola and say that I thought they were absolutely at their game I think they developed the characters in the downtime. All of the planet scenes I agree with you absolute brilliance but I don't know about Colin in the courtroom. I think that was down to direction they were trying to make that separation and he was a bit childish. Uh, Yeah I think they went a bit too far. Very rarely do I fault Colin Baker himself but I think he was a little over the top on that. I just remembered one thing that was really funny because they set this big, big mystery up as to what's going on and what it is they're looking for on the planet. But if you can lip read, you can actually see what they say. (laughs) And I lip read what's going on, so I kind of know some of what's going to appear in, even though I haven't seen the later ones yet. And the other thing I forgot to say is we watched it on VHS because the prof has the collector's tin with Tom Baker on the bottom of it. She's in the shape of the TARDIS and I don't know whether they expected people to collect all of them because they all apparently had a different doctor on the bottom. The picture quality was shit. Yep, I've got that one as well. I'll swap you. Mine's got Davison on the bottom, I think. You know, please don't hate me, but I watched it twice because... We kept putting off the podcast. I just explaining this for people. Who we don't. Work. We don't keep putting off the podcast at all. You have blackouts. <laughs> We've recorded at least three since the last that you can remember. You know, yeah. you don't remember but, those. But we we just keep dropping in samples of you going. Uh, what were we doing? And things like that. And Did then we all go. Oh, Terry, and bang them out. It all works out. I understand now. Um, <laughs> Do you would. So anyway, the first time I watched it, I really did not like it at all. And then the second time, I liked it quite a bit better. Although, as you can see by my rating, not a ton. And no offense to the actor. I don't have any problem with him. But, you know, Colin Baker's doctor, it just doesn't succeed in grabbing me. Although in this story, he was better than other stories that I've seen with him. As Sen said, the, the stuff on the planet was definitely better, him and Perry. Perry's still pretty whiny, however. She's just got a bad character. And it's not her, the actress. It's just the way they're making her play it, I guess. Being an American woman, do you have a problem with the accent? Is it really obvious? Her accent is so wrong. It's very grating if you're an American. As an American born in the upper Midwest, I find genuine Americans born in the South and the East Coast and, sorry T, the West Coast, to have a far more (laughs) annoying accent than she does. 
that doesn't take away from the fact that her accent is really annoying to me. And I've talked to several other people who agree wholeheartedly. So it's not just me. The story was all right. A little long. I know you guys said four was a good length. I think three would have been better. Sabalon Glitz. I know you guys love him. A little over the top for my taste. Good character conceptually, but the way it's done is just a little too much for me. And in the court scenes, Colin Baker's just so over the top with that thing. It was a good idea, but it just got ridiculous. It was just like, ugh, please, when is this scene over? The Valyard guy is fantastic. I like him a lot. I really don't want to continue reviewing this too much because I don't have a lot of great stuff to say. I just feel like a negative Nelly. <laughs> If it's any consolation, around 1986, everyone in England found American accents annoying, no matter where they were from. I'm glad you shared that. I'm not sure that really nullifies my reaction and other people's reactions to Perry's accent. I know, and I think that does come with education, because quite frankly, until about two years ago, Fuchsia said, and that goddamn made-up accent, what? What, it's made up? To be honest, it had never actually hit me that it was obviously fake. And to be honest, it still doesn't. You know me, I'm backwards and forwards to the US all the time, and I know a lot of Americans, but it just somehow doesn't. Hey, it, you know, the guy who plays House, Hugh Laurie, does oh, a yeah. fantastic God. job. I really? Love oh, that accent. is so irritating. It's one of the reasons I can't watch House. It's his accent. He does, he does the best American accent. It's completely convincing. He's no, American. just the best Bertie Wooster. Yeah, he did his research, too. If you look at where that show is supposed to take place in the U.S., he has the geographic accent right. It's brilliant. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. But Perry, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's shit. What can I say? This is good wig. Well, I kind of hoped we might be along the right lines. Thank you. <laughs> Jill reckons that from out of full plans, 10 days at the most. Which means we could have the whole thing up and running by the 29th. You mean? Exactly, John. The Derwin Enterprises board meeting. And with something like that nestling in your hip pocket, you could really kick some ass. Going back to our friends over at Big Finish, they really have done a lot in building both Sixth Doctor and Perry's character up Mm -hmm. and developing Mm -hmm. that relationship. And it is interesting, actually, to see where it goes and how it develops. If you've got the time to do that and shoehorning all those extra adventures in the gaps. I've listened to a few of Colin Baker's adventures on Big Finish, and they're really nice. Yeah. Um, Not irritating at all. Not annoying. You know, one of the reasons I walked away from Doctor Who was the way he portrayed the Doctor. And I'm not blaming him specifically. Of course, the clown suit really visually impairs your ability to pay attention to anything else. He never wanted that clown suit. That's I, ne- know that I know he didn't. I know he did He was forced into that by did. the people who are trying to get rid of the fucking program. I mean, really, he looked like a clown host on a children's program or something. I, I don't know what... Uh, but is. there's no reason why the Doctor can't wear that. And have you ever seen him in the blue? The blue is blue is really nice. It's a great version, and I wish they had gone with that. It's it's a lottery win. If I had a lottery win, I would pay somebody to recolorize all the Baker years. (laughs) And to CGI a penguin in as well, probably, occasionally. Ah, Frobisher. A bit of action in the background. That's my lottery win dream. I wouldn't die like (laughs) distribute it or anything. I'd just like keep it for myself. And then I'd get all the Hartnells recolored. But anyway, I digress. Sorry, too. I just came back to Doctor Who because of the eighth Doctor. And then from him, I went back into Sylvester McCoy because I still couldn't handle Colin. Then I started getting back into it. And then the new series came along and... I was completely hooked all over again. In terms of a really good Perry story, I mean, I reviewed it, what, last year it must be, was the one that Nev wrote for Big Finish, which was Perry and the Piscon Paradox, which is a lovely story, actually. It's very nicely done. That actually ties in to events in Trial of a Time Lord. 
Sorry, I dropped an ice cube. <laughs> That's not the worst thing he's ever said. Um, and it's the sixth Doctor and Perry, and also the fifth Doctor as well, although not Davison. It is a really nice evolution for the character of Perry. I have listened to a lot of Big Finish. Mostly eighth Doctor, yes. <laughs> Gee, oh, I wonder what? why that would be. <laughs> Occasionally, other Doctors, and most of the adventures are really great. I oh. love what they do and right. you need to give it another chance i've given and it a chance and every time someone's recommended something to me it's been a waste of several hours of my life i just haven't felt anything for it it's just not my genre i can't listen to an episode of the archers and i can't tell the difference between people for me there's like about four characters and i just can't tell the difference between them unless i've got that visual hook it's just not my bag i'd love to say that it was and i'd love to play with other stuff and while i joke about it i'm just never going to really get it why waste the hours of my life when i could be watching another old person and on that bombshell you've been listening are we doing quotes oh I fuck completely I completely forgot about quotes quote. oh I think I'll go with glitz take me to your leader actually that's <laughs> the I feel a little foolish saying this but whereas yours is a simple case of sociopathy dibber my malaise is much more complex a deep-rooted maladjustment my psychiatrist said brought on by the infantile inability to come to terms with the more pertinent concrete aspects of life she trying to do an English accent again if I try to do Mary English it turns, it's a real pizza Australian. <laughs> now Australians like that answer the back of the throat and you end every sentence with a question. <laughs> is much more complex. Oh dear a deep-rooted maladjustment <laughs> just what goes all over the place. Put the accent down. Back uh, away from the accent. In the happy box. Put See, that's what Put it in the fucking happy like. box. That's what Perry is like, dude. I gotta go with every name he called the Valley Art. Uh. Throughout the entire <laughs> trial. Because, yeah, I bitched that his rants were over the top. But, but damn, they were funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good names in there. They're fucking awesome. I forgot to talk about that robot. Was that robot like designed by Picasso or something? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? It was very Picasso esque. <laughs> it was. A Minotaur or something. Yeah, absolutely. Did she mean a Minotaur? Minotaur, actually. You pair of ignorant half. <laughs> I say Minotaur. Spock sabotage the system. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. You can say minotaur. Let's call the whole thing off. Just dance around the room, tap dance and shit. Yeah, study. We're British. That's what that's, that's like one of those American restaurants, isn't it? Where, where you go and you're quite happily sat there and there's a little bit of 50s music playing and then suddenly the fucking waiter starts singing. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> American <laughs> restaurants do that all the time. It's so fucking annoying. You think the waiters are annoying for you? Imagine if you spent your entire day teaching singing and then went out to eat for a nice romantic dinner and realized that the 12-year-olds you worked with all day are actually better than that dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man when a waiter comes to you in the states and goes, are you still working on that i'm like i don't work on my fucking food i work on my food and perhaps if your fucking steak was a bit less tough i wouldn't have to work yeah. on it motherfucker yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's the worst expression you don't work on your food i had a really good burger yesterday 
really awesome. Oh my God, classic so English cheeseburger. Well, American cheeseburger with big chunky fries. But it was so good. I'd just done 15 miles on a mountain. We were pretty knackered, but it was a good homemade burger. Dude, when you exercise like that and you have any kind of food, especially if it's outdoors and you're camping or whatever, mm. fuck, it tastes amazing. Yeah. Everything tastes amazing. Prof, make sure you keep all this in. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Content, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I think this is making our review better because I really, and, and forgive, really think that. No. Okay, me. listen, listen, listen. We're done here. Our work here is done, ladies and gentlemen. We're so done. Next, we're going to do the five doctors, but we're also going to roll the wheel of who to decide on another episode other than the five doctors that we're going to do next. So two episodes we can do and review next time we get together because we're a bunch of useless fucking work shy fops that only get together every two months. Okay, so we're going to roll the Wheel of Who. So, stand back, ladies and gentlemen. Here goes the Wheel of Who. Like Orchid. And Ooh, a David's done David's That's pretty good. Alright, nice one. Okay, let's go. We're gonna be doing five doctors and Black Orchid. Black Orchid. We are out of here, ladies and gentlemen. A very big thank you to everybody who hangs out in the Facebook page. We're doing stuff down there every day because, quite frankly, it's an easy place to chat and post all our crap and generally have fun. Mm-hmm. We're also on Google+. Plus. We're also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Push out the latest news and have a heinously high following. Just a quick thanks to Joe Hadrin, to Vincent, Jeff, Cybershaker Bottle, Paul Irvin, Megan Reed, Cynthia Iverston, Infrared Dalek Kevin, Keith Lawler, Brian Locke, Lewis Trapani, Tim mm. of the Drury fame, and Vicky. Thank you very much, Vicky. You know what for. Thank you, Vicky. And everybody else who's written on the wall this week over on the Facebook page. We have been the Dirty Host Doctor Who podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're not doing much over on the blog these days, but we are still around. Join us on Twitter, on Facebook on Google Plus and on all the social media channels where it's a lot easier to cut and paste some piece of shit on a daily basis and get you people to like it. (laughs) Really? He's so charming, isn't he? Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh, yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Above the streets and houses, rainbow climbing high. Everyone can see it smiling over the sky. Paint the whole world with a... Thank you.